Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener. This is your host, Ken Lane. We're here every week for the last couple decades just doing this show, trying to disseminate good, high-altitude, mountain gardening advice for the Arizona market. So this is a unique bubble that we live in that is difficult. It's not difficult. It's just different than anywhere else you've gardened. And once you figure out a few insider tips, it really ups your game and you will be the oasis in your neighborhood where you just want to, people walk by going, wow, how did you do that? That's amazing. I love that. Uh, Your backyard is going to be so soothing, so relaxing, so peaceful that uh, you'll just go, yeah, I love gardening all of a sudden. We are seeing a resurgence. There, there's this new trend. It's fascinating to watch. I've, I've seen a lot of different major events happen in my lifetime here in the Garden Center. I mean, this has been, I've been gardening since, well, I won't say I'll give away my age. I don't want to do that, but a lot of years. Um, and I've been in the Garden Center business. So this, this uh, Waters Garden Center has been in the family for 58 years. This is our 58th spring to be open. So we've seen a lot of ups and downs over the decades. And this one's just just uh, really, I think, drawing us closer to the outdoors, closer to nature, closer to living, breathing things in the outdoors. This is a unique event. I thought Y2K would do that, but it didn't. The world did not fall apart. I thought 9-11 would do that, but... It, it did for a moment. It didn't. Uh, the 2000, the Great Recession, um, that did some. So I saw this resurgence coming back into vegetable gardening. There was this uptick uh, in in backyard gardening, uh, and then it waned. It just fell. It fell in. In the last three, four, five years, it's just been off. This I have never seen as many people in the backyard wanting to grow their own food beautifying their backyard, creating these backyard living, like a living room in their backyard off their patio where it just highlights the vistas. It is like nothing I've ever seen. I'm seeing it across generations, which that's the unique part. So this vegetable garden, we've always found that houseplants and tomatoes, those are the two introductory plants that bring people, uh, that introduce them into gardening. And that, that still is playing out. Houseplants are bigger than ever. Uh, there's a lot of health benefits to houseplants. You start the, uh, the, the college folks and the younger folks are calling them their, their plant pets. <laughs> they don't have dogs or cats, or maybe they do, but their, their, their living things inside their house are also their pets that they take care of. It's fun. I love that. The millennials, they came up with that term. I love it. And now I'm using it. But now there's this trend since this viral thing that happened since the economy, since folks are laid off, since they're quarantined. I don't know what this is, but they're bored. They're in the backyard. You can only watch binge on Netflix for so long, and then you just have to get outdoors and do some gardening or spruce up things in the backyard. And we're seeing that. And it's starting with the vegetables, the edibles, 
the fruit trees, the berries, the grapes, uh, the, the, the tomato plants, the lettuce, the broccoli, the cauliflowers, the anything edible is I, we just literally can't keep it in stock. I mean, it's, it's that trend. I've never seen that kind of push on the edible plants before. So seed, uh, there's a rush on seed right now globally. Well, I don't know about global. U.S., all the U.S. supply chains that I, I order from, the seed banks or the seed vaults are being sucked dry. I Literally, I'm trying to call in favors going, could you just triple my order? Just bring it next week. Can I? And we just have rotating orders just coming in. Uh, we've been out of seed here at Waters Garden Center. and The town has been out. Uh, Prescott has, has been out of seed, like all seed, flower seeds, edible seeds, seed, herbs, out for at least two weeks. And so finally, I'm, I've got a shipment. It's in route. It should be your Monday. I can't wait. Oh my gosh. We're going to send the word out and go to our core, core folks going, okay, they arrived. You're, you've got first dibs. You're on, you're on our Facebook post or you're following us on our emails. They're here. You're Come on down and get them before anyone else does. Uh, so that's one when you find seed and some plants you really do want to grow by seed. They're, they, they're easier to grow by seed. So things like carrots, that's the way to grow those. Radishes, that's the way you grow those. And so uh, peas, beans grow really well. I've got peas and beans. Here starts, but they grow so well by seed as well. Some plants do not grow well by seed. So you're better off putting out in the yard a start or a transplant. So you might start a plant by seed indoors, a tomato, cucumbers, uh, eggplants. You can't get an eggplant to start by seed out in the yard. It's just It just takes, by the time it comes up, the season's over. And so you're better off starting that indoors or buying an actual started plant from your garden center and putting that out in the yard because they are so slow to start taking off. And so I would say peppers are sort of like that. Um, squash, you can go either way on that. kind of depends on the variety. Pumpkins, I grow by seed. It's just too easy. Um, actually, I own a garden center, so I start, like I'm a giant pumpkin grower. I love giant pumpkins. That's kind of my fun thing. You can't use them. They're good for nothing, uh, except they're just fun because they're so impressive the way the vines grow, the huge pumpkins they put on, and then I'll harvest that. And I'll show it off October, November, December, January. Uh, and then finally the grandkids will come over and we will chuck those things over the back patio, over the deck and watch them smash on the patio below. And it's just a hoot every time. I wish I had more of them. I might put more giant pumpkins in just for them because it's a bonding thing between grandfather and grandkids. It's just like this memory that I'm going to embed in them and they'll learn to love gardening just because... I like to grow giant pumpkins. Um, it's just my thing. Uh, I grow lots of, I'm a salsa gardener. I like tomatoes, hot peppers, but not too hot. Some peppers are, you know, you got your sweet peppers, you got your milder, you know, Scoville kind of hot units peppers, like jalapenos, I love those, serranos, I love those. And then there's the, <laughs> you just can't eat them, peppers. I mean, habaneros, they're good, a little bit's good, but dang, my mouth's on fire. I can't use that much. Uh, and then we've got all these crazy, you know, a, a jalapeno can have like 5,000, 3, 4, 5,000 Scoville units. That's how they measure heat on peppers. 
Well, some of the peppers we carry at the garden center now, they're like a million, a million Scoville units. I mean, you look at them, your mouth starts to burn. You get some of those, but those are better off being started in the gardens, at least at altitude. At this high up at Europe, up in the mountains, you're better off putting in the garden, not seed. You're better off putting a plant. So whether you start that plant inside so you can get it up to size faster, or you get it from your garden center as a as a start, um, you're better off introducing that in in the gardens that way. Another thing you really want to watch is there are two, really three distinct seasons. And I don't know if I have enough left over in this segment for that. But maybe maybe at the bottom of the hour I can go over that. But you've got early spring planting season. That's right now. That's leafy stuff. You don't really want to put in things that form a fruit yet. Or if you do, like I'm selling, I have all that stuff here at the garden center. But if it forms a fruit, usually that's a summer plant. Uh, you've got your tomatoes, peppers, uh, squash, cucumbers, things that form a fruit, eggplants, uh, uh, pumpkins, things that form an actual fruit that you're going to harvest. Those things are summer plants. They don't like frost. And so if you've got a greenhouse, you can start those because you can protect them and keep them warmer. I personally use plant protectors. There are these mini teepeed greenhouses. I'll put a few of them out there and start and that keeps them protected. So if we get some cold, which we will, the mountains of Arizona will see cold through April. Usually the, the locals here in the central highland uh, of Yavapai County, we use Mother's Day as a demarcation line for last frost. So your summer plants go in after Mother's Day, the last frost. Before that, you're putting in spring plants, things that are leafy, lettuce and spinach and broccoli and cauliflower and there's a whole series of plants you can put in now that will thrive, that the flavor comes out better. But I can't go too deep into that because I'm out of the segment for this, this moment. But I've got Lisa Watersling coming in with your garden questions. We'll be right back after this. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Hi, Waters here with this week's Plant of the Week and our show-off for Scythias. A new standout for Scythia with very large, very bright solar yellow flowers that adorn the plant from head to toe. Relax! This showy spring shrub is beautiful and requires no pruning or cleanup. This show-off is just days away from bloom and limited. Don't wait until these big bull for Scythia are gone at just $39. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron. Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love show off for Scythia love to shop. Spring is the best time to be outdoors, garden, and create a personal oasis in your yard. If you don't know where to start, Waters Personal Garden Service allows you to book an hour of one-on-one -on -one time with an expert without the crowds. It's easy by phone or through our website. No lines, no waiting. Purchase a $200 gift card and we'll line you up with one of Waters' private gardeners. You're going to love your yard again. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott or at watersgardencenter.com. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. And we are back in the studio with Lisa Waters Lane. She comes each week with your garden questions. So welcome to the studio, Lisa. Thank you. It's been a kind of a crazy, crazy, crazy. Every day is 
every, crazy. every week is crazy this year. It's just, <laughs> we've seen a lot of crazy things happen, but yeah. uh, but what it is here, the weather got nice. Uh-huh. And so the gardeners are in full swing. Uh, we've, we've actually seen increases uh, yep. in, in, in gardeners. So we went from blizzard cold last week to actually, actually people gardeners are out now <laughs> so that's been kind of nice to see so we're having it to load nice. up the yeah. uh, garden center with i don't know how many semis we unloaded lots and lots Five, and lots six trying yeah. to get enough vegetables uh-huh. flowers herbs right. came in this week mm-hmm. so from chives to thyme to i think even lemongrass some funky so really? curries Curries um, are cool. Yeah. yeah so I love the smell. All the lavenders. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that came in. So. Lots of berries, uh, lots raspberries, of berries. blackberries, strawberries. Yeah. Lots of good stuff. So that's all happening all at once. Mm-hmm. All while we weren't sure if the governor would shut us down or the mayor would have us stay open. We are essential. We have been defined as mm-hmm. needed for backyard right. gardeners. So that was kind of a pleasant surprise this week. So will you and I come to work. Every day? I mean, <laughs> family business? Good news is our, our kids are all, we've got our twins are working now, and then mm-hmm. you'll see our oldest daughter and her husband coming to work. They're, they're driving from Austin, Texas, starting when they say they were leaving, like Monday? I think they're leaving Monday. Their yeah. dog has to get a tooth pulled. Oh, of course. <laughs> and then they're going to head out. Yeah, well, good. So, are they going to yeah. visit James and Teresa in El Paso, or are they going to drive know. right through? They're kind of the drive-through kind of people. Yeah, yeah they're young. you got to love 30-something. <laughs> they're in their early 30s, you know. Mm-hmm. We'll just drive until uh, whatever. Yeah. So it's kind of fun yeah. to watch. Sure. So I mean, it'll be nice to have them. I'm actually excited mm-hmm. to work with all of our kids that i don't know if i should be scared or or, or giddy i'm giddy i think they're wondering the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> i've been trying to keep them informed what's going yeah. on just uh-huh. just happening so anyway right well it's weird times change it is almost hourly but. our our uh, one of our daughters moved back and she's driving back a long road trip mm-hmm she goes, yeah, Dad, all, all that was on the road were uh, semis and other people with me, like with stuff packed in their back. <laughs> you could tell they're obviously migrating from one place to another yeah. where the jobs are or back to parents or back to other work opportunities mm-hmm. or there's this migration happening right. around the country uh, as people are out of work, can't pay their whatever. Uh, it's 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 kind of sad, actually. But it I'm is happy sad, for us, our family. You know, I think... We always keep hope that this will will get through this quickly and and life will this go too back. will pass. Let's go. Yeah. Let's cover garden questions instead okay. of focus on negative garbage. We're, well, garden questions can be negative too. <laughs> well, we'll spin them in a positive. Okay. Well, John would like to know. So his aspen last year had fungal issues. Yeah. And he was told, you know, spray it come spring. You'll want to spray it. And he can't remember what he was told to spray it with. So what should he use? So aspens can have some issues. So what to do? You want to catch them as they're just emerging. So that fungal stuff, leaf spot, gets onto the new foliage. And so if you can catch it right then, there's a great organic on the shelf. This is like some magic new product. It's called Revitalize. So it's a liquid. So you spray it on the tree as it's starting to, it's got its catkins, uh, it's been in bloom, it's got the new foliage coming out, you want to hit it right then. Mm-hmm. 
I would come back at it, again, with the same product, uh, usually about 10, 14 days later, do it again. That second time should make sure all the new leaves that are coming out are covered. And so that leaf spot, it's spread by birds. They'll light on one in the neighborhood that's got leaf spot, and they'll come over light on this one. And so it instantly starts spreading, and then this black part, portion of the leaf starts to eat on the, on the leaf, eats the sugar of the leaf. And it can actually travel down the, down the branch into the trunk, and it can actually, if it gets bad enough, kill off that particular sucker or parent plant. You'll have more suckers coming up, more, you know, aspens love to grow in families and clusters. And so they'll start rooting up other places. But it's painful when you watch that main trunk that's got... You know, it's 10 years old, finally die, and you see this dark shadow creeping underneath the bark. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I can say with aspens, especially at anything that grows fast, comes out early, willows, cottonwoods, aspens, sycamores, they're really going to benefit from fertilizing now in the spring with the all-purpose, that 744 all-purpose food. It'll help it become more robust, healthier. Uh, just a healthy plant takes care of itself, much like people. Uh, They might get sick, but they rebound very quickly. So a healthy, vibrant uh, plant in your yard does the exact same thing. So fertilize it with the all-purpose plant food and then spray it with Revitalize. And that will, it should come out clean for you mm-hmm. at that point. That's probably anyone that's had leaf spot. That's good advice for, for anyone. Right. And good for roses, too. Yeah. A lot of those roses get that black spot, and the Revitalize is great. Yeah, sure. Anything you had powdery mildew, leaf spot, that kind of stuff. And to be able to find a product that's organic that you can use out in the yard, you have to worry about the dogs walking on it, birds coming in afterwards. That's always a great thing. Sure, sure. All right. Tina wants to know, what's that bright pink flower that's blooming all around town? (laughs) And she wants to know how long it blooms and what do the leaves look like? (laughs) So... It could be one of two things. I've noticed the red buds have been in bloom. So they're, they've, they've opened up. They are glorious right now. If it's a shorter tree, it's probably a red bud. Bright, bright pink, very bright pinks to almost reds. And then also what just opened up the last couple days has been crab apples. Yeah. They're a little bit larger. Not a lot. Actually, they're about the same size, but they're more round shape. Uh, red buds are kind of more umbrella mm-hmm. kind of shaped. Uh, but the real bright reds, I mean, real almost fluorescent, the, the more intense colors, the pure whites, just dense, purer than bridal white. I mean, just really intense whites, uh, bright reds, purples. These are crab apples. So it could be one of those two things. Crab apples can form. Usually they're sterile. Mm-hmm. They're bred just for their flower color. If they do get a fruit, it's very, very tiny, the size of a dime or less, uh, a pen size, that kind of stuff. Uh, and then they're just famous for their bright colors. One of the two things. A crab apple's leaf looks more like well, like an apple. It's an apple leaf. That don't kind of they thing. usually leaf out and then kind of bloom or as a red bud? No. No, they, they Am they, I they, wrong? You're wrong. No, it is not. <laughs> I would never say that. But uh, no, they both they're most of the flowering trees of spring uh-huh. they bloom, then they put their foliage on. Uh, your summer bloomers, like the robinias or purple robe locusts, yeah. some of those, those are ones that leaf first and then flower. It just depends on the variety. Catalpas mm-hmm. will, will leaf and then bloom. But usually those are your summer to fall, fall kind of things. Interesting. The crab apples have this beautiful orange and red colors to them. Very bright colors in the fall, whereas red bud has more of an aspen gold color. Mm-hmm. So they're famous for, you've got the spring bloom, 
great shade or pretty tree in the summer, and then great fall color, you kind of have three seasons covered in one as they lose their leaves for winter. Mm-hmm. They are very, very pretty. I noticed, I think it's the prairie fire crab apple yeah. is blooming right now, and it's just a really dark fuchsia. Gorgeous. Nothing like it. And it stays small. They're easy to maintain. You hardly ever prune them. They're just so easy. All right. Our next question is from Sonia. She has some uh, salvia gregii that she had planted fairly recently, and then we got those really cold nights that we had and the leaves kind of burned and looked black. She wants to know, will they relief or are they kind of done for? Oh, yeah, they'll, they'll relief. Just it got frost burned. That they turn black. That's frost burned. The main branches, though, it'll form some new foliage. Probably the tips got burned and the bottom section's still green. Just cut that off, or I would just fertilize it with that one. Put give it some flower power. We've got a liquid fertilizer that we make. Uh, pour that on there. It's like it's like super juice for for plants that bloom they'll be relieved within a couple weeks pretty quick two three weeks they'll be flushing out new growth probably in bloom by the end of the end of the month and looking fabulous so yeah easy to recover on those because they want to go fast they want to wake up early in spring great question all right ken and lisa lane and the mountain gardeners we'll be right back You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. The Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Hi, Waters with the Plants of the Week and our Roman Beauty Rosemary. This Mediterranean beauty has graceful, arching branches that flow over rock walls, raised beds, or container's edge. A culinary herb often used in potpourri. Rugged, deer-resistive, evergreen, likes crummy soil, drought, and abuse. Now that's my kind of shrub for under $36. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love unusual, healthy herbs, they love to shop. Some things are just better together. March is the best time to fertilize with all-purpose plant food from Waters Garden Center. But pair the all-purpose with humic acid, and it's a one-two punch of garden power. Humic acid gives your soil organic matter that helps plants' roots receive water and nutrients. So it makes fertilizer work even better. Like salt and pepper. Coffee and donuts. And hey, you and me. Aw, Thanks, Ken. All-purpose plant food and humic acid, better together, and only at Waters Garden Center. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. I've noticed there are a couple nemesis out there that are, are causing some groups, some things to put on your radar or to watch for, especially if you're starting things by seed. So lettuce, if you're starting uh, a pansies by seed, uh, the quail, uh, flocks of quail from around, and they love to eat seedlings. And so if you'll, you're seeing seedlings coming up in your gardens, in your containers, in your raised beds... And all of a sudden, the seedlings are gone. Go, what happened? They were there. Look, they were growing so nice. What happened? Many times, the birds, they love to eat fresh, new seedlings just coming up. It's their natural diet. But they really like some of those edible plants. You've got new cauliflower coming up. Ooh, cabbages. They will love that. 
um, um, lawn, they'll eat that too, but usually a lawn has so many seed, you don't really notice it. So watch that one. And then personally, in my own backyards, I'm noticing that the pack rats are out. I've caught three pack rats this week. I've had nothing for a while. And all of a sudden, I've got live, tra- I've got traps out in the backyard. I've caught three uh, pack rats. Well, it looks like Mama has has gone. Okay, you guys are. This litter is is mature enough. You are now released. Get out of here. You're taking up space. Move on. And so they were pretty young rats. You can always tell they got this shiny coat. They just look young and vibrant and active. Um, so it's the youngsters have been kicked out of the nest, I believe, and now they're trying to find their own space and they're coming into your gardens into your barbecue grill. They're coming into your RV that might be parked out there, stripping the wires in that car, that extra. Could you be careful? Watch, watch that. If you hear something crawling in the walls, that's not good. It's probably a pack rat. And so that's one or up in the attic. So, uh, Lisa's grandmother lived, uh, 60s, 70s, 80s, uh, during the 1960s, 1970s, 1980s, not during her 60s, 70s, and 80 years old, but uh, she lived at the base of Thumb Butte Mountain uh, up in the Pines, beautiful little place, and the pack rats got up in the attic and it stripped her wires. I mean, all the wires were stripped bare. I mean, this thing, it was dangerous. It could go up in flames. And so we had to get rid of the rats and then rewire the house uh, to, to, to get rid of the damage. They can do that kind of damage. I find, I'm hearing word that they really like these new uh, um, hybrid green uh, type of of cars because they're they're making the insulation around the wire out of a soy-based insulation, which makes them green. I love that. I love that we're working with with renewable types of, of sources, but pack rats are attracted to that too, or vermin. So... Uh, I would imagine that right after the pack rats are done, there'll be this wave. They'll find their little home. They'll build these huge stick piles up in the manzanitas and the oak trees, the scrub oaks. You'll see these big debris piles up in the in the scrub areas of the forest. Those are pack rat nests. They they could be rabbit nests too, but mainly those are those are going to be pack rats. And if you pull all those sticks apart out of that middle of that rose bush or out of the middle of that manzanita bush, what you'll find is two, three, or four little bird nests. They're cute as can be. They're usually made out of shredded bark. They're very soft and and they're just clean and neat. And usually around each one of those nests is litter, like gum wrappers, bright, shiny things, fobbles that they 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 find, ooh, that's kind of neat. I'm gonna take that home and I'm gonna collect that. Thus the name pack rats. And so there's these little nests underneath these sticks. They kind of live underneath those things. If you see those in your yard, get rid of them. They're just going to cause mischief in your gardens. You're going to harvest. They'll, they'll also eat your, your new seedlings and flowers, vegetables, not so much herbs. They don't seem to like herbs as much. Sometimes they've stripped off the bark of the trees, my fruit trees. I've had them strip off the bark of my roses. Like I've got beautiful Cecil Bruner roses. And I'm going, that branch should be blooming. What is going on? I look at it and they've gotten up in there and they stripped all the bark off. Well, that's pack rat damage. Only one thing really does that and that's pack rats. 
So just just something to watch. So I've got a, a trap line. You folks in the Midwest, you know what a trap line is. I've got those out there. And I just go and I check them once a week and see what's in them. Usually it's it's going to be almost always a pack rat or a, or a vole or field mouse. It's one of those two things. Uh, and I just want to thin them out. I don't mind one or two in the yard. I don't want packs, families of them sitting out there because they do so much damage and they do damage to your plants uh, and your house and your grill and your RV and your hot tub. I've had them burrow into my hot tub before to get where it's warm, the insulation underneath there. They can really do damage. I mean, thousands of dollars of damage. You just watch that as you're walking around. Just clean up that stick pile. Uh, you might think of a trap yourself out there as you need to or... There are, we actually have some organic repellents that you could put out there that will uh, kind of keep them out of this section of a garden. It won't keep them out of a yard, but it will keep them out of a garden section. Repels all is a great one, Pibonide. Um, it, it's or completely organic, also works on birds. So you can spray that out there. Keeps It works pretty well on javelina. So some different things that can work for you. More garden advice. We've got Lisa Watersling coming in with her garden segment after this. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Hi, Lisa with the plants of the week and our majestic giant pansies. Mammoth blooms smother this 12-inch plant right through winter. Fragrant like its fairy face cousin, this giant bloomer has the perfect balance between evergreen foliage and flower brightness. Hardy and carefree, this pansy brings the garden back to life, all for just $7.99. You'll only find them at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love majestic pansies, they love to shop. Once upon a time, Fred the Sage and Bob the Yucca watched a herd of deer eat their neighbor's garden. Hey, Bob, said Fred. It's a good thing we're native Arizona plants from Waters Garden Center. Right, Fred, said Bob. We can handle tough Prescott dirt, hot sun, low water, and we look great in the garden. You betcha, Bob, said Fred. Hummingbirds and bees love us, but that deer sure doesn't. Be like Fred and Bob. Go native at Waters Garden Center. Safe, natural, and organic. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. And we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week, and this segment is all about what's going on in her garden design, what she's been talking to with, with customers out in the, in the garden center or uh, lots of activities going on in the, in the garden center right now. Uh, what do you, welcome to the studio, Lisa. Thank you. So what do you got for us this week? What's, what's, what are people talking about? <laughs> so I thought I would cover some of the newer shrubs that are, have come out from the growers. Uh, what makes them newer, what makes them different, what makes them better. And then uh, if we have time, which we never seem to have time, I, uh, I thought I would cover a few of the really nice perennials that oh, we have in right now. Great. They're kind of, you know, I look at shrubs as from a design aspect. So perennials are those things that hibernate underground and they they come back every year and bloom. Shrubs or herbaceous perennials, mm -hmm. they they... Go, they defoliate. They, they look like twigs. 
So like a lilac or, or Rosa Sharon or even roses, I look at those from a design aspect as just big perennials. Big perennials. They're just big because they bloom. The cons- you just know they come back every year and bloom and look mm-hmm. good. So I try to blend those two things together for clients. Mm-hmm. So I think that's perfect combo. Okay. Well, some of the new ones that we've got in. So this one, it was I almost didn't bring it up, but I felt like I oh. should. Because you know how I don't really... I mean, Fotinia serve their space in the yard, the red tip Fotinias, but you see a lot yeah, of them. Yeah, almost sometimes. too many. Yeah. But they have come out with a, a newer Fotinia. It's called Red Dynamo. And the nice thing about this Fotinia is it's a little more compact. You know how the, the regular Fotinia just gets like sometimes very leggy, rangy, rangy yeah. out of control. The red dynamo uh, is is a it still gets nice and big. It's gonna get seven eight feet tall, probably even a little bit taller. Not quite as wide as the other, but it's a more compact shrub. So instead of getting that real rangy look, you're gonna get some nice new wonderful red growth coming out. Um, they're spectacular right now. They're beautiful in the yard. Um, but it's definitely one to look at if you were thinking Fotinia, which make great screens. They they do serve a purpose. Uh, but this new Fotinia is very, very pretty. A little bit smaller leaf. Mm-hmm. They're in mm-hmm. full red. I mean, smaller leaf, I noticed the tops of them are even more dense. More, yeah. It's kind of a dynamo. It's <laughs> just a red dynamo. Arr, 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 arr. Uh, yeah, it's a great new introduction. And, and mm-hmm. I don't say that about Fotinia very often, but that one right. really is exciting. I almost... No, I'm not going to plant foot. I, <laughs> I, I don't. They're just overdone. It's just. I agree. Might I try agree. one someplace. I don't know. It's but pretty. There's places where they they fit a very definite need oh, yeah. for some people. Uh, another new one is called Silver Princess Box Leaf uh, Euotomus. So most people, it doesn't sound real exciting, but it's a very pretty variegated leaf. Uh, it's kind of a. Creamy silver and green is very, very attractive. It's a two to four foot shrub. uh, So it fits nicely into those certain areas where you just want a nice evergreen shrub that's not going to get too big, not going to take over. It would be a really pretty perfect one for that. It's winter color is pretty, but the new growth coming out from that color is so vibrant. It's like it's got Christmas lights all over it. It's just glows and it's got this bright color it glows in the dark it glows under a full moon under a new moon it glows during the day it just glows it's very very pretty for an evergreen i mean they do get some flowers but they're you're really planting that one for the new growth that comes out that's mm-hmm. so stunning yeah very attractive so we have a new wygelia out and most people don't know how to say wygelia i think it's wiggala wiggala <laughs> I always know what they're trying to say when you know that wiggle yeah. a lot. I'm yeah. like, why, Julia? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's it. So they have one um, out now called More Colorful. Very, <laughs> that's not very original name. It's What's not it? very original, but it is very pretty. So most of the Wygelias that people are familiar with have that kind of darker leaf and the real dark burgundy flower to it. Uh, kind of blooms later into summer, so it's a very nice late summer bloomer. The more colorful has that variegated leaf again, nice variegated white and or kind of a creamy white and green leaf, and the blossom on it. So what? Before it opens, it has kind of like a, a more of a burgundy color to it. But as it opens, it has a bright pink flower 
Yeah. Oh, neat. Huh. So very Are they in bloom now? I, did no. I miss those? I guess I could say. Not I haven't seen. a little too early for it yeah. to be in bloom. But what foliage drew me pretty. over to it was that variegated foliage. Because yeah. I was like, oh, what's that? Yeah. And, and so they're, they're leafing out. They look beautiful. I think they're going to be a really nice plant for a late, little bit mid to the late summer bloomer that will really perk up your yard that time of Great year. Great plant for more shaded east co- east side. You got that deck mm-hmm. underneath, a covered overhang, right. and a container. You want this pretty plant? That's it's it's a great little plant for that. Mm-hmm. And then we got this. So this one's a perennial. Um, it was caught my eye out in the yard because you don't see blue blue flowers that often. You just they're not out. You see true purple. Blue. You see pinks, but that true blue you don't see very often. But this one is a Hiller porcelain blue fumort. Fumwort. Oh, interesting. <laughs> they couldn't come up with a better better name than that. I mean, nope, that's it. That's 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 agriculture for you. They just they're not very good with names and marketing. They just grow with neat, cool, funky go. plants. So this would definitely be a shade perennial. Okay, uh, gets a foot, foot and a half tall. Great. Be really pretty in those shade perennial beds. But the blossom on it. Oh my goodness! It was just. Absolutely gorgeous, that blue color on it. Yeah, we've got that back patio, some pots with some openings. We should mm-hmm. we should try that. We've not grown that one yet, but no. have a true blue type of, of flower. That is so unusual. They're usually lavenders or violets or offshoots of purple, but mm-hmm. it's a true blue. You just don't see that. So what a what a fun plant. Yeah. What's definitely. it called again? <laughs> it's the Hiller, H I L L E R Porcelain Blue. Foomwort. Foomwort. <laughs> okay, there we go. So if you just come in and go, I want that blue you, plant with a really f- gross, ugly name, we'll, we'll know what you're You're only going to find that one at Waters Garden Center, <laughs> guaranteed. <laughs> only we carry the best foomwort in town. So, so those were just kind of right now as I was walking through the I'm yard, thinking of hitting my, my, my thumbnail with a hammer going, a foomwort. <laughs> anyway, go <laughs> Continue. I'm sorry. That, that could work. Yeah. <laughs> so right now, that was kind of the new introductions that I saw. But the perennials we have in right now are spectacular. Yeah. Um, if you need some color in your yard, you need to come check it out. We have beautiful salvias in right now. Sea uh, thrift. We've got some. Uh, Coreopsis. I mean, there's so many things blooming right now that just are gorgeous. Spring is here and things are waking up. And mm-hmm. so the crops, they were held back by that cold in the clouds. Yeah. And now it's been sunny and they're all erupting with new growth and new color right now. So that the truck, the new varieties coming in that were delivered this week are stunning. Mm-hmm. Really pretty dianthus out there. I, I love dianthus because I love that. Um, so it's like a carnation, dianthus carnation, that really cinnamon, clovey smell of them. And I got to tell you, we re, we redid our pot, or our daughter redid our front pots, and we put some pansies and all that kind of stuff in. Well, Havelina came through and ripped the snot out of everything. Yeah. But you know what they left alone? Dianthus. They left the dianthus That's right. alone. They don't like that clovey cinnamon right. smell. And yeah. the other one they left alone was the society garlic. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> they didn't even touch that one. Oh. But that's so pretty in the pots because it uh, the one we have has the variegated leaf. And then it sends up a spike with a little purple flower. Yeah, it's pretty. It's a great perennial. Yeah. Perennial and pea both start with... Uh, Perennial uh, and pea. Perennial, permanent, and pea. I always think of that. 
how do you describe that? So uh, perennials come back year after year after year, and they just get bigger and bigger and showier and showier. So they're once-and-done kind of plants. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they can be a little bit more expensive because they're typically older plants. Right. they got to be two, three years old before they're old enough to actually bloom. But when you do, you're just set for, for years down right. the road. Mm-hmm. These beautiful uh, re-blooming plants in, in the garden. So great way to start. All right, Lisa, great ideas on new, funky new frumwort kind of plants, perennials that you can plant in your yard this spring. Be right back with Kennelly Lane and the Mountain Gardeners. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's Waters with two T's, GardenCenter.com. Hi, Lisa with the Plants of the Week and our Winter Blooming Heat. With 2018 upon us, you might as well start the gardens outright with one of these few winter blooming flowers. Ferny evergreen leaves are topped by the sweetest of bell-shaped pink flowers. Loves to be planted right out in the yard. Enjoy showing off in winter at just $36. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. For people who love winter blooming heat, they love to shop. Wondering why my garden looks amazing? Well, that's personal. The personal garden shopper service at Waters Garden Center, that is. Before talking with my personal shopper, I had no idea which plants would be best for me. But now my garden is bursting with flowers and buzzing with hummingbirds. Just go to watersgardencenter.com, click on shop, and choose personal garden shopper. A Waters Garden expert will pick the perfect plants for you, personally. The Personal Garden Shopper, only at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. I do have to give a big shout out to a friend. Uh, but also a, a community leader that I think is representing Prescott, Arizona, exceptionally well. And I, what this is—I never go into politics on this show. I don't talk religion on this show, although it is spiritual. Although we do live in communities where we need to all live together. But just a shout out to Mayor uh, Greg Mangarelli. Um, now we we go way back in the community because he's he and his family have run nonprofit kind of ministry based camps for many many years, uh, decades, and now he's gone into politics. I think just because he loves his community so much. It's purely I don't think it's politics. I think he just loves his community, his neighbors, and his, he feels this civic duty uh, to to make his community better. And I, I I applaud him for that. I voted for him, uh, but also. Um, he, he gave me a phone call this week. So we had the executive orders come out from the governor and the mayors actually get to decide which businesses are essential and which ones are not. And, uh, he called me personally on my cell phone. He's got that. Uh, I, that doesn't happen very often. Uh, but he said, Ken, I'm, the way I'm reading this, this law that garden centers are essential because they're selling vegetable plants. If you're going to eat out of your backyard, I'm going to interpret them as an agricultural business, which we need our food supply chain. But garden centers can be a little bit, I mean, you can't eat from it immediately. You're going to have to grow it. You know, I guess seed, 
you could plant a kale plant and you could harvest it starting next week. So there are some things you could actually harvest right away. But because Waters Garden Center or the garden centers in his city are selling edible fruit trees, berry plants, um, figs, pomegranates, uh, all, all the edible backyard vegetables that we know of, the lettuce, the broccoli, the, the tomatoes, the peppers, all, the, all that kind of stuff, he's chosen to interpret the garden centers for, for the gardener's sake, for, for the backyard gardener. He's interpreted the garden centers as essential businesses. So I, I just, he was very, very thoughtful on how he presented that. He was very, not political, but wise on, on thinking that through. So I just, uh, a shout out to, to our mayor here in Prescott, Arizona. Thank you very much. I respect you. I, I think highly of you. And anything I can do to help you personally, professionally, or politically, you you got a friend here at Waters Garden Center or with Ken and Lisa Lane, our family, we're here for you. I, I, think, I think our team leaders, not team leaders, that's my team, our community leaders, nonprofits, some of our businesses, uh, and, our, and our political leaders, they are in a tough spot. And we just need to rally and, and support and encourage them as they've got some tough decisions to make. Here, personally, for Waters Garden Center, it's been, it's been rough to keep our team morale up. I mean, they're, they're, their friends and neighbors are unemployed. I mean, they aren't even, they didn't just go on quarantine. They're unemployed. They're laid off, furloughed, or just out. And so they're hanging out with all these folks that are quarantined without work. And it's been two, three weeks now, and they're just discouraged. And my job is to encourage, keep, keep their morale up so they want to help backyard gar local gardeners be better. What I told my team is, Waters Garden Center, we are not just selling plants. We are a light on a hill that's sharing hope, that's sharing fresh air, that's we're we're more the the folks that are here, the, your your political leaders, your nonprofits, your your businesses that are that are really doing it right, I think, give us encouragement, not just to our staff, but to those that we interact with and 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 hopefully to other leaders within the our community. It's just, again, I'm, it's not political. I don't want to be political. Whether you voted or not voted, I don't really care uh, what side of the fence you're on. I think we're in this thing together and we need to support each other. And I, I think we'll see more and more acts of kindness come out of this. So here at Waters Gardens, and we've set up our own food and family, uh, family and food closet. I converted part of my office, a uh, huge closet, over to my staff. I just said, here, we're going to take care of each other. You start collecting toilet paper and you start collecting you know, rice and flour and all the stuff that's shortage. You, you, and I gave them money to go do this. And I've got a team of people that go out and they, they're on the phones going, I got this over here. What do you got over there? And so they're, they're, they're shopping it and they're filling this closet up so that when our staff or our family members that connect with us have a need, we're there for them and we can give that to them. Just free, no charges here. Take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Um, El Paso, our son ran out of, out of uh, our son. Our son's out in the field. He's a PA, phys physician's assistant for First Armor Division, Fort Bliss in El Paso. His wife is on her own, uh, three kids, and she ran out of toilet paper. She can't find it anywhere. She just got busy and check out with all this training and learning, converting kids over to online. And we had to mail her toilet paper. 
I want some of that within, internally within our, our staff, too. We will take care of each other because that's what family does. I think that hopefully we'll see more of that. Those acts of kindness, not selfishness, come out of this whole event. Okay, so there's half a segment. I should actually get some garden information in here. Uh, what can I share? So some things that I'm doing in my own yards. I've got some. I want. I'm a flower grower. I love flowers. Uh, that's kind of my go-to thing. It's peaceful for me. Helps me commune. Helps me decompress. I love sipping coffee and deadheading my flowers. Just kind of taking care of them, nurturing them. It's good for my for my mental state. So I, I like flowers. I'm also intermixing with my flowers. I do a lot of edible things with my flowers. I love beets. Beets have this beautiful red foliage. It just goes with so many other kinds of flowers. Yes, I'll harvest the root later, but for now I want it as a beautiful decorative thing amongst my flower gardens so that red goes so well with pansies. It's a highlight underneath some snapdragons. To the contrast of the silver of Dusty Miller's, it just looks so good. I do the exact same thing with Swiss chard. Swiss chard has this, it's edible, so we juice it often. Uh, so we're harvesting the fat, the, 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 uh, um, the canes and, and the foliage. Uh, but really, those, the stems of that Swiss chard, it's reds and yellows and pinks. They're just beautiful. Oh my gosh. Tremendous antioxidants, health benefits with that particular vegetable. But I use it as an ornamental as I am harvesting that as well. Another little tidbit maybe you didn't know about, but red buds, they're going into bloom right now. This is a drought-hardy, tough tree. It goes up to about 15 feet tall, kind of an umbrella-shaped foliage. It's got a heart-shaped leaf, but right now it's starting to erupt with red flowers. So red bud actually has a quite tasty flower to it. The foliage is not really edible, but the flowers themselves taste rather good. So you use them as top dressing for for. Uh, a salad, sautés, as a, as a condiment. If you want to jazz, I mean, just impress your family, we go out there and uh, just take some of the foliage, not foliage, some of the flowers off of a red bud in bloom, bring it in and, and serve it as part of a nice rice dish or, or salad dish or something healthy, bright, yummy. And things that are brightly colored uh, are have tremendous health benefits. They've got better... Uh, micronutrients, antioxidant benefits, so anti-cancer uh, fighting uh, types of, of, of traits to them. Uh, and they're just fun, just fun. I even grow tomatoes. So I've got some beautiful, just stunning tomatoes that came in. They're standing, oh, three feet tall. They're starting to form fruit. This is a, this is a crop that we started two, three months ago. So we brought in some big cachet pots. You don't even have to take them out of their growing container. You just have them just like that. Um, but I'll take them out of that, put them into the ground, and I'm putting my plant protectors. I actually have a little mini teepee that I, I've got several dozen of them. I just put start the gardens in those. But I love to grow tomatoes in an actual decorative container by the front door. There's something, there's an awe factor. There's something wild about Having a tomato plant, because everyone recognizes a tomato, but to have those fruits, which are like little Christmas ornaments, all up and down that, that plant with a, with a brightly colored cage. Usually I'll spray paint my tomato cages, bright orange, uh, reds, blues. Uh, just I spray paint them so they're, 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 they're artistic, really. 
So when you do that and you've got some little fruits on them and people recognize a tomato plant, it gets the same response every time going, wow, I can't believe what a good gardener you are. I'm going, yeah, I know. It's just planted a tomato in a pretty pot and I spray painted my tomato cage. It's not very hard, but it's different. It's unusual. And I'm putting it in a place that's not in the vegetable garden out there. I'm putting it front and center where people can look at this and go, wow, isn't, aren't tomatoes fun? I do that with, with peppers. I've got, I've got a big oxblood red square pot. I put a pepper in each corner, grow it up. I put a cage, a steak or something in the middle to kind of keep things upright. But peppers are beautiful. They're glossy green. They've got foliage on them. It's just a pretty plant. You don't have to keep those vegetables caged into a certain part plot of the yard. You can actually use them as decorative ornaments, ornamental plants, new flowers as well. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott at 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Gardening and you don't know where to start? Waters In-Home Garden Service comes to you and identifies what you have and how to make it better. Design advice, water strategies, vegetable and flower gardens, soil and food needs, and problem solving. Always problem solving. You'll instantly be a better gardener. All for just $200 of expert time with a coupon to fill your garden dreams without ever leaving home. In-home garden consultations from Waters Garden Center. We can be at your home this week. Some things are just better together. March is the best time to fertilize with all-purpose plant food from Waters Garden Center. But pair the all-purpose with humic acid and it's a one-two punch of garden power. Humic acid gives your soil organic matter that helps plants' roots receive water and nutrients. So it makes fertilizer work even better. Like salt and pepper. Coffee and donuts. And hey, you and me. Ah, thanks Ken. All-purpose plant food and humic acid, better together and only at Waters Garden Center. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. So it is time to put your gardens in. Vegetable gardens... As long as you're putting the spring plants in, you're good to go. If you're gonna put summer plants in, you'll want to protect them some. Watch the frost, watch the cold. Some of those summer plants don't like to go below 50 degrees. Their soil, they even want the soil to be warm. Now it's warming up fast, but still, our, our average last frost for the mountains of Arizona, at least the central highlands area of Arizona, Prescott, Prescott Valley, let's see, all the way over to Sedona, Payson, uh, all, all, Groom Creeks and those kind of things, all the central highland Yavapai County, we're, Mother's Day is the last frost date. So we are going to see another frost. I know it doesn't seem like it for you folks new to the area, but but we will. We might even see a snow. It'll melt super fast, but it could happen. I don't. I think we're done with these hard freezes, so that's not going to happen. The the low twenties, teens. That no, we're over with that. That, but but a light frost can come in and and nip the tops of your plants. So you're wanting to plant plants that can take some of that. So if you're doing flowers, you want to plant the pansies and the snapdragons. I think uh, petunias and geraniums. They can start. They can take some light frost. They're okay with that. Uh, they won't take a hard freeze, but they'll take. A light frost. So probably stay clear of 
uh, your zinnias, uh, the, the things that love the summer heat, begonias and impatience and coleus. Hold off on those for a couple of weeks. Get towards the middle to the end of April before you start committing and putting those more tender, softer things in. But go ahead. Marigolds, they'll take that. No problem. They love spring. So just make sure you're putting spring things in, not summer things in. Uh, likewise, your shrubs and trees. Lilacs are about to go. They're busting loose and, and bloom. This is a great time. They love being planted in spring. Your flowering trees, I see the crab apples and the red buds are starting to open this week all around town. It's okay. Put those things in now. They love spring. Uh, if you put in a desert willow or a crepe myrtle, they like the summer. They like it to be warm. You can plant it now, and I've got those for sale right now. A smoke bush and some of these uh, Rosa Sharon's. You can go down the list of summer-loving plants. Um, they'll just leaf out real late. You'll swear they're dead. You go, oh, man, I failed. I planted this thing. It's not coming. It's not, it's not alive. What's going on? It likes summer. It's waiting till it's warm enough. But if you put forsythia and flowering quince and all these spring bloomers, they love being planted now. So you just got to... Put the right things in. Work with the season, not against the season. Next week, um, I'm going to teach an online class. We're going to live stream it through our Facebook page called Gardening for Newcomers. We go deep into all of this. How do you work with the environment instead of against the environment? That's the secret to mountain gardening. Because of the elevation, we get these extreme changes. You want to work with it. And if you do that, your success rate goes off the charts. It's a game changer. And that's what we try to impart or share through this radio show, through this, through my garden column I write each week, uh, through the, the newsletter I have. You're part of the Waters Garden Club. You get videos and that kind of stuff. Join us or next time you're in the garden center, uh, ask us. We'll be glad to put, have, add you part of that list or part of the insider club to local gardening. But next Friday, 3 o'clock, through Waters Garden Center's Facebook page, you can watch Gardening for Newcomers. We'll go deep into all the insider tips, tricks, and techniques that really work that'll make your gardening just right now, this this season right that we're in right now. Throughout the week, Lisa and I do camp out here at Waters Garden Center. We are open. We are helping local customers. If you're brave enough to get outside in the fresh air, uh, there's lots of space. You're never going to impede on anyone's bubble. Uh, and you can shop for vegetables, flowers, herbs here at Waters Garden Center. Spring is the best time to be outdoors, garden, and create a personal oasis in your yard. If you don't know where to start, Waters Personal Garden Service allows you to book an hour of one-on-one -on -one time with an expert without the crowds. It's easy by phone or through our website. No lines, no waiting. Purchase a $200 gift card and we'll line you up with one of Waters' private gardeners. You're going to love your yard again. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott or at watersgardencenter.com. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.